When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We are rolling along with season two here. Um, a very ex- exciting guest. So I'm looking forward to getting this episode going. But first, if you haven't um, went back and listened to any of the Dad Podcasts, please do that. They're not very timely, so it's pretty cool. Um, quite a few people, and you could even go all the way back to season two. All you need to do is go to wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can search AC of Blue. And I know we're adding some new podcasts as well, so it'll be cool to check those out. Um, but f- today, I'm very excited. We have Ryan Lemon on from Kentucky Sports Radio. And Ryan, I was thinking, um, you know, preparing for this a little bit, that if, like, there was a bracket for most beloved BBN members, I have to assume you would be a one seed. So thank you for coming on. <laughs> Dude, I, I appreciate that. I don't know about that, but, but yeah, you know, you have me on season one. I enjoyed it very much. So now I'm honored and thrilled to be back for season two, big fella. Yeah. Thank you so much. And no, I mean that truthfully. I was thinking, I mean, I can't, I can't think of uh, again, if the category was like beloved person, um, you, you have to be a one seed. I can't think of too many people that would, uh, that would be up there, which is a big compliment as well, because you're so well known in the Kentucky sports radio world. Obviously, um, that's why I didn't need it. Need a big introduction for Ryan, because he's, um, you know, he's on the airwaves. Everybody knows KSR. So big accomplishment for you managing to stay so well liked in a world where people are looking to hate everyone. Well, I, I appreciate it. I know if you probably would ask my sons, they may tell you something different <laughs> or or my mom when I was growing up and driving her crazy. But, you know. You, you got to be happy every day, right, Drew? I mean, you wake up every day. Life's too short not to be happy. That's how we should all wake up and, and enjoy the day. Amen, dude. I, I hear that. Um, a couple of things, too. I want to just uh, be, we'll get into everything with Ryan in a second. A few updates on, on my situation. Um, twins life definitely getting tougher, um, tougher by the day. <laughs> um, by far, the hardest part continues to be integrating, you know, fathering the toddler and then the teenage daughter. Just coupling it all together has been been a whirlwind but my wife's amazing and as far as the twins go the routines is kind of as good as it can get but noise really triggers me Ryan I know that might sound silly but noise is a huge trigger to me like I can't sleep if there's like an inconsistent drip or air conditioner like I need that fan consistency or something so two crying babies a screaming toddler there's definitely been moments of like flip a table rage for me but I'm working through it Dude, uh, yeah, with three, you can't play man to man. You have to go zone. You and your wife, yeah, right? Put yeah. the zone, 
zone pressure, full court press sometimes on, on the three little ones like that. So I feel for you. I, I'm, I may be a grandpa on the next three or four years. So I've had this little in-between gap where I haven't had to deal with that too much. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that because um, I had a, a question on there I was going to ask you today is, um, and I mean, my daughter's 14, man. I ain't too far off from this. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to think, you know, you get out of school or whatever, get married young, have a kid in your early 20s or whatever. So I'm, I could be scarily not insanely far off. So my question for you is, have you landed on a grandpa name? Are you going to be grandpa, like pop? What have, have you thought about that? Well, yeah, I have actually thought about it, to be honest. And I called my grandpa when I was little papa. I mean, I know mm -hmm. that's kind of standard, but, mm -hmm. you know, I still think of him as my papa. So I probably will ask to call me either papa or papa or, or something like that, just because that's what I called my granddads before they passed away. Okay, that's cool, because I feel like some people that I've asked that question to, it's the opposite. It's like, I, I can't do papa because I think of this person. So they're kind of like going down the well generation by generation until um, they land on stuff. But yeah, I'm not I'm not looking forward to having to decide that, um, you know, because like I said, man, it's crazy to think about. But I could be 10 years or so, which isn't insanely far off. So that's kind of a crazy thought for sure. Well, my, my oldest son is 24. He uh, he lives with his girlfriend. They're probably going to get married within the year. Uh -oh. So I, I, I've been, you know thinking about it, getting in that frame of mind a little bit, that that's, that's going to be sooner than later that I am going to be, you know, Papa. <laughs> yeah, that man, that's, it's, I said, even thinking about it for myself, that's crazy. Yeah. Sounds like we might need to start teeing up your oldest in for the, for a dad pod appearance because all the, all the uh, ducks are lining up for that here in the near future. Well, and I, I'm, I'm really excited for his future. Cause I know just the kind type of person he is. He's very kind hearted. You know, he's a protector. He's a caregiver. So I, I, I know he's going to be a great dad. And, you know, I think I even said last time on your podcast, I feel like our, our purpose in life is to be a good Christian, but our legacy in life is to be good parents. And if he can, you know, maybe learn somewhat from me and just carry on that, then I, I couldn't be more happier for him. Amen. Amen. Uh, I just wanted to share one more update since I think the last podcast, man, the weeks just fly by once football season and stuff gets going, but we had Adam Luckett on also, um, does the work over at Kentucky Sports Radio. Um, but since then, man, something awesome has happened to me. So I've I've booked a spot where I'm doing radio each Monday with Dan Issel. So that's just been amazing, kind of a blessing that fell in my lap. And I find it really funny too, Ryan, because I'm going on Mondays on uh, with, with Louie and Issel here on ESPN 680 in Louisville. Great show if you haven't checked it out. I know it does conflict with y'all's time slot, but gr uh, great show. But I find it funny, Ryan, that I go on there to talk football with Dan Issel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right, dude. I mean, he's he's Kentucky royalty. He is, you know, on the Mount Rushmore. And it, I guess it would be kind of cool to be on a show with him and and Louie because I know like, they can rib each other. I've heard him talk, tell stories on each other. So I know it's good listening. But, man, it doesn't get much bigger than Dan Issel. So good for you. Proud of you. Yeah, it's been amazing. Like you said, I knew, you know, it just his name says it all. And then if you have never heard him on radio, I mean, he is just no filter. Awesome. Um, he really just his delivery and the way that he approaches doing a, a radio show. I've just like have such an affinity for it and have enjoyed doing it. So, yeah, I would strongly assume to a little teaser there. Um, Dan's been so nice and friendly to me that I would I would expect we'll get him on the dad part here in, in the near future. And, and they actually did one last night, Ryan. I don't know if you saw of any of that floating around, but they did. So Louis big horse racing guy, big horse racing guy. Okay. So he has a horse racing podcast. And I guess, I don't, I, I guess the 
theme is if it's their one of their birthdays, they do a birthday suit episode. So they, so all you saw was waist up, and and from what I heard, uh, Dan the Man Issel got on the podcast shirtless. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm willing to listen, but I don't know if I want to see that. I mean, I like Dan, I like Louis, but I don't right. know if I want to see see the the, the dad bod. You know, uh, I, I got I got a shirt that says. It's not a dad bod. It's a father figure because nobody <laughs> wants to see a chubby old white guy's body in this kind of shape. Yeah. I wrote him back when I kind of heard that. I said, yeah, that, that's some quality content for you right there. But again, they're, they're awesome. And um, I, I think that uh, I've really enjoyed it again because you, the, the informality of it's been awesome and just hearing the different stories. So again, just a little teaser for the dad pod. I feel like that's going to be um, a nice one to come on soon, but let's get going kind of on some of the standard dad pod stuff with season two that we've been doing, Ryan. Um, one thing we'll get into an easy one really quick. And we might, I don't think that I asked you this one the first time, but um, what, what nicknames did we get? Out, did we go over your nicknames that you have either growing up or now? Well, I have a nickname that has stuck with me now for, 30, 35 years, because when I went from high school to Kentucky Wesleyan, there were nine freshman baseball players. We had a huge freshman class that came in. And so our first night in the dorms, the upperclassmen woke each of us up and gave us all a nickname that night. They said, we can't remember all nine of your names. So we're going to give you all a nickname. Uh, of course, I think there might've been a little liquid courage uh, that night as they're bouncing around from room to room. But at the time, there was a professional baseball player, an outfielder named Chet Lemon. Uh, yeah. I played for the Detroit Tigers for a long time. They Chicago White Sox. So they nicknamed me Chet. And to this day, I still get mail from Kentucky Wesleyan that's addressed to Chet Lemon. That's just my name. That's how everybody knows me. Uh, for four years, nobody even, I don't think, even knew my real first name. So that's, that's definitely my name. That it's, I, anytime I'm out somewhere and somebody hollers, hey, Chet, I know it's a Wesleyan guy because that's all, that's all anybody knows me by. All right, hearing the story, we definitely did talk about that, but I'm glad you told it again because that's funny. And then we know most anybody that's probably on Twitter has seen the uh, – I know that they got the few accounts out there. Chet Lemon um, interacts with my stuff a lot, so appreciate you, Chet Lemon. Uh, I, I don't know if you know him. I, I've met him. I know who he is. Very clever on Twitter, isn't he? He's a good yeah. follow on Twitter. Yep, Very funny. Is. Yep, no, I've never met him in person, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, nice nice Chet Lemon plug there. Um, what about this, Ryan? So, I know that – um. Like you already kind of mentioned, now your kids are getting older. I know that your professional dynamics probably changing a lot. So just what does kind of um, the current day to day look like balancing, you know, your dad stuff, your obviously your daily radio show, reality life. What does a day to day look like? Well, uh, I mean, it has drastically changed since you and I talked a year ago. Uh, I've sadly have gone through a divorce and my youngest son is 15 and he lives with me. So. My day starts usually, he's got 6 a.m. football practice two days a week. So I'm up at five and getting him to practice. Uh, if he doesn't have morning practice, he's got the after school practice till 5.30 or 6. So a big portion of my day is daddy daycare van driving oh, yeah. back and forth to my house to Douglas and, and picking him up, taking him to games, taking him to practices. Uh, this spring and uh, summer, you know, he played AAU basketball. He played seven-on-seven -seven football. So, I mean, there was every weekend – we were on the road somewhere. So it, it, the, the positive thing is, though, Drew, he and I have become unbelievably close. I mean, he's a real quiet kid. He doesn't talk much. Uh, but we, he and I have got really, really close. That's been the good thing out of, out of it, trying to be basically a single dad. You know, I had to learn how to meal prep. I had to learn how to have food in the refrigerator. You know, I can't. 
just eat peanut butter and jelly when there's nothing in the, in the, in the refrigerator. So, uh, you know, it's been kind of a learning curve for me to be real, but to answer your question, I mean, that's a big part of my day. Uh, I do KSR obviously 10 to 12 and then I'm still a full-time realtor. So like, you know, yesterday I did KSR, went straight to a closing, went straight to a walkthrough, went straight through some showings that night and finally got home at about, I think it was about eight 30 by the time I finally got home, he's been there for a couple hours waiting on some food for dinner. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know what we did? We went down to waffle house. That's my always safeguard. There's a waffle house right by my house. So we went down to waffle house last night. Nice. I know that gets tough. I'm firmly into the commuting thing. So my daughter, she's the first one of us to go to private school. I always say that I feel like I'm going to private school like every day. I'm like, what'd you eat? What do you know what they talk about? Um, but it's like there's a bus from our house, which has been amazing. But I'm doing pickup. You know, anytime there's an athlete, yeah. they, they rarely ride the bus home. You know, it's something every day, pretty much, you know, almost the entire school year. So it's like, man, it's proven to be like almost a 30 minute one way commute. So it's like it's been kind of breaking me. I hate traffic. So I know the commute grind, even though you're sitting in the car. And um, that's tough, man. That really is tough. But something you said did kind of resonate with me. My wife and I were just talking, um, like you said, playing zone, Um, you know, whenever the, the day kind of just works out to where I have my, you know, responsibility that day and she's totally doing something else. Like you do find you just kind of step your parent game up and you like connect with the kids like just in a little different way, just kind of knowing it's all on your shoulders, right? There's no doubt about it. And my my life, I think, will get better a year from now because my son will have his driver's license, so he can drive his own butt to practice and his own butt to school, and I can maybe sleep a little bit more. But I, I have, and you and your wife probably know this, you've done the same thing, you've got young twins. I've mastered the art of the afternoon nap. That as soon uh-huh. as I get a, a sliver of light that I can take a nap, buddy, I am down and I am out. And I enjoy the afternoon nap probably as much as anything right now. Usually the rebuttal to that is like, I know people, uh, you know, do you get up groggy from your nap? You know, especially if you get a short one, I find that I would and do, but then a few hours removed from that, it's like worthwhile. You do feel re-energized if that makes sense. Oh, there's, there's no doubt, man. I wish everybody could have taken an afternoon nap because I think it's the, it's the best thing in the world right now for me. <laughs> yeah. You saw uh, that my son, my son still gets one at afternoon daycare and I'm quite jealous. They're like, they're like 11 to one. They don't want you picking up or dropping off because they're, uh, they're resting. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to talk about one thing. I know, I'm sure you've, you've probably uh, beat this drum quite a bit on KSR the last week or so. But I know you were at the swamp. I was at the swamp. That was just, uh, you know, something you'll never forget. I know it was an epic moment. So just want to maybe just talk a little bit about your experience and, uh, you know, just what it was like. I, I had only been to the swamp one time, Drew, and it was when – Tim Couch and Craig East went down there in 97. Oh, the wow. 97 season. And uh, Craig returned to kick off 100 yards for a touchdown. And then he had a 97-yard touchdown reception from Couch. Yeah. And then later he had a 75-yard touchdown reception. my only time there. So this is my game, the Swamp. And I'm telling you, dude, you know you were down there. I loved it. I loved the environment. I mean, it got mm-hmm. so loud a couple of times. I got goosebumps when they played Tom Petty going into the fourth yep. quarter. I got goosebumps. I mean, it's it was an awesome environment. And then to win on their home field when they got 90,000 people in there and they're all doing the Gator Chomp and they went, they, they start leaving the stadium yeah. in the middle of the fourth quarter. I mean, that was just that's a special feeling when you're when your team's able to beat beat a rival, so to speak, on their home field. And I I loved it. I lo- really loved everything about it. Yeah, it was sweet. And I keep going back to the fact now, kind of getting like lost in translation that not just beat them, beat them by double digits and didn't necessarily play 
you know, all that well. So I'm with you. And I, I think my most interactive content that I had throughout that whole day was um, I got a good just row of Gators fans just piling out of the stadium. And I just said something like, you know, drink water, get some rest. So that was unbelievable, especially, too. I felt like, you know, that the game wasn't insanely out of reach either when they were piling out of there. So and then from them go, just going forward on those fourth downs, I just feel like it. You know, it was there was like desperation feeling in there, and, and to not be the ones desperate, you're right. It was awesome, and, and just that one pack of UK fans. I mean, I can think of probably at least a half a dozen times from where we were at in the press box. Like I'd hear it get going, and you'd hear oh nah, and then you know it would it would take it would require the band or somebody a, a fan to get a chant going to drown that out, which was just unreal. There, uh, and, you, and you know this too, since you were there, that I think it was so obvious to everybody that Kentucky was just bigger, better, stronger, faster. They were just a better football team. I mm-hmm. think that's why when they got behind the fans realized, okay, we ain't, we ain't catching up. We ain't winning this game. They're just better than us. And I think that's why they did all start piling out earlier than I thought they would because they realized game was over. Yeah. What a roller coaster for <laughs> to be a Florida fan, you know, just from going to you got your brand new coach. First time he gets to, you know, you know, get the keys to the car and optimism was just through the roof. You know, they think they're back, they're going. And then yeah. just now to know that Kentucky's now beat them three or five and stuff. So that was really neat. Um, I just saw just like 10 minutes before we started, Brian, that uh, Dane Key has this thoroughbred NIL deal, which looked pretty sweet. Yeah, he's, he's been pretty excited about that. It's kind of been in the works for a while, but I guess they just released it today. But, you know, Windstar Farm, you know, one of the premier farms in the world, the last several years went out and got Oscar Shebway and the fact that their football guy they got was Dane. I think that thinks what, you know, they, they think of Dane's star quality and what he can bring to the table as well from, from their end. So I'm so happy for the guy. I mean, you know, you've heard me tell the story. I mean, he's like, he, he we're family. I mean, there's his dad, Dante's my best friend. His, his mom, Nicole is Amanda's best friend. And, and my son, my middle son and Dane grew up. They were best friends. I mean, we're just really close. And I, I've told people, as good as a football player as he is, man, he's a better person. I mean, he's a better kid. He's That's who I want Josiah to grow up to be like, just as a person. He's so thoughtful. And when my middle son got into a lot of trouble, he's still in a lot of trouble. He's in jail right now. Uh, Dane became the big brother for Josiah. He stepped in, and for the past two and a half years, he's been Josiah's big brother. And that's why I get emotional sometimes talking about him, just for – what he means to Josiah and means to me and means to my family. Got nothing to do with football. It's just him as a kid. You know what I mean? I mean, and then too, I mean, it obviously speaks to his character because most of the stuff that I read or that I hear um, about Dan Key from the coaches is, you know, they'll mention his athletic ability, but it's been his, his intellect and being able to pick up on what they're doing. Um, you know, that's got him on the field just as much as his ability to jump and go get that pass, you know, because if he doesn't know how to get to that spot, it doesn't matter that he can do that. And nobody would fault the freshman for getting in there. And I know he went through spring ball, but, and I'll say this too. I mean, there's just, that to me is probably the, the thing that I'll remember from, from that game um, as far as like a individual play, just because it was just, I mean, just mossing the guy in the swamp, just them, you know, kind of on an Island out there was just something that you're not used to seeing from Kentucky football, especially from a freshman. And, and I know that, uh, you know, you're not supposed to, and, you know, no one's really supposed to react up there, even though their press box is outdoor. But I think everybody, NFL scouts, everybody just kind of let out a big gasp when that happened. Cause I mean, it was, it was just Randy Moss-esque. 
You're right. It, it was it was an NFL play. It was an NFL catch, and the kid just turned 19 years old and was just in Douglas High School a couple months ago. But you know, we've we've seen him make these incredible catches, you know, for years. So you know, in in one way, I feel like we're like, oh my God, how did he catch that? And the other way, we're like, of course he was going to catch that. Man, we've seen him make catches like that in in high school. He made you know he made a catch last year against Scott County. And one-handed grab in the back of the end zone that was on ESPN's top 10 plays of the day. And later in that game, he made another catch that probably could have also been on the top 10 plays of the day. It was so incredible. Wow. That's awesome. And then I know, again, it has to just be the unreal feeling because I just think about my daughter maybe making like some free throws in a big spot in a JV game or something. And just like, that's fine with me. That ignites me. Like I'm totally, um, you know, just adrenaline running off that. So I can't imagine it, it being that way. Very, very cool. Well, I'll tell you a little secret then on Dante since he since he's not listening right now. We can go ahead and he that first game, the Miami of Ohio game, before the game started, I don't know, there's maybe five minutes on the clock, and he sent me a text because we weren't sitting together at that time. He said, Man, I am so nervous. I'm so anxious, I think was the word he used. And then once the game getting ready to start, he sent me another text. He goes, Man, I'm sitting here balling. I mean, that because you it is you get caught up in the fact, man, that's my kid, that's my baby boy. And he's out there getting ready to start for Kentucky as a freshman. So, and and when he, and when he scored that first touchdown, Drew, uh, I was sitting by him in, and uh, the first touchdown, I, I I couldn't look at Dante because I, I knew I knew he'd be crying, and if I looked at him, I knew I was going to start crying. So I just mm-hmm. I just didn't even look at him, and I was sitting right beside him. <laughs> well, uh, oh, before I say anything else, too, I feel really bad, Ryan. I didn't tee you up for a dad joke. So if you can think of one, we're probably getting here about I don't know five ish ten minutes left. And um, I, got I, got a, I got a couple dialed up, if not. Um, and then, you know, okay, so back to Dane Key and just your kid playing sports, which is a huge topic um, on the Dad Podcast. And, again, thanks for listening. We got Ryan Lemon from Kentucky Sports Radio making his second appearance. But for me, um, it's like the road games. You know, my daughter played it like, you know, JCPS can get a little bit wild depending on, you know, where you're going or whatever. And just wanting to be there, you know, for them and, and kind of shield your, your kid from – all the, uh, the hate and stuff that they're getting from the crowd and that pressure they feel. But at the same time, you know, when they succeed in that moment is what really breeds that emotion. So I know that maybe maybe a little different with girls, too. I'll have to wait and see how it is with my son. But I know when my daughter's play, um, you know, she had her first, uh, hey, you at the free throw line, miss it, miss it, you know, stuff like that. When, you know, she's just like 10 or 11 and you're in the crowd and you, you know that they need to go through that. But it can still be difficult, um, you know, watching them face that adversity. You're 100% right. I mean, and my two older boys, they all quit playing sport. They both quit playing sports when they were like 10 years old. But my youngest son, now he's in high school, he's a sophomore, so he plays football and basketball. And you do, man, you get you pr- you get more nervous than they do. There's no doubt about it. And this, this past spring and summer, man, I mean, we went to – St. Louis, Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville, Cincinnati, Nashville, Atlanta. I mean, we were everywhere. Every weekend we're playing somewhere, and it never fails me. No matter where we are, no matter what you're playing, you get that knot in your stomach like, oh, please, please let him have a good game. Please don't let him drop a ball. Please, you know, uh, and, and when, they, when they lose, when they hurt, you know, you hurt. Yeah. And after a couple games, I, mean, I realized with my son, Drew, I, I can't talk to him right after a game. If mm-hmm. it's a loss, I can't talk to him. I got to give him this window. And I learned that from Dane, actually, and Dante. Dane and Josiah are a lot alike where, man, they get very emotional and they get mad. And you, you really, you can't talk to him right after the game. You got to give him a little cooling off period. 
But he was so mad one time, it was like till the next morning. And I asked, I said, dude, you still mad? You still upset? And he said, yeah. And I said, good. I said, you're mad and upset because you care. If you weren't mad or upset, then I might be concerned, but I, I'm not concerned that you're mad or upset. I'm, I'm glad you are. So I think they do kind of learn life lessons, not just wins and losses. You know, they learn how to be hard work and self-discipline and be motivated to do better. I think we could probably do hours and hours of dad podcast content on just what that after game car ride conversation looks like. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. And I know yeah. everybody has a different one. And, and the thing that I've really um and I think that's helped like my daughter, everyone says it, but my daughter really is my best friend. We're so close in age pretty much. And, you know, we always laugh that we'll be in the nursing home together, you know, kind of <laughs> be taking care of each other when we're old. But something that I've always tried to do is like when it's not that moment, like maybe we're driving to go get pizza or something. It's the off season. You know, I'll just have that, you know, reassurance that like, you know, it's my job to just point out the things that make you better. And when I do that, and she's always been really receptive about that. I think so when I am hard on her, because we're kind of the same, you know, we get in the car, we're emotional a, a lot too, because we just want them to succeed. Um, and I think she, I've done a good job. And I think she's done a good job of, of knowing the why behind it. So in those moments, um, they're not quite as bad, even though I'm sure I probably push the limits more than I should. My, my dad was my high school basketball coach. And I, so I was his point guard for three years. Oh, okay. And so it was really hard for him not to talk to me in the car on the way home uh, so he, he instituted this rule where we had like Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon brunch after church or something. He goes, nothing. We don't talk about it until then. So usually our Sunday brunch table was just conversation. By that time he had maybe cooled off or I had maybe cooled off. So I think you're right. There is a good lesson. I think we all have to learn how to deal with our individual kids when it, when they compete and they play sports and they you're you're mad you're upset because maybe they didn't play well they did a mistake but then we got to understand at the same time man they're just kids they're learning to just like anybody else well props to your dad especially as being a coach if he had the willpower to not say anything especially to his own kid for that that much time that takes a special person well there were a lot of rides home from the high school to our house where there wasn't a word said uh, not right. a word said we just saved it for the next day um, all right. Well, so you kind of already mentioned um, it can't be Waffle House, but now, you know, you even talked about kind of getting your your feet back under you from like a meal preparation standpoint. Would there any be would there be like a meal that kids, family, even friends or whatever would be like, oh, that's a that's Chet's big meal right there. He's he's the best at making X, Y, Z. Uh, I would have to say grilled hamburgers okay. and grilled steaks. I, I am a self-proclaimed grill master. Uh, Dante's going to argue with that because every time he comes over, he wants to do the grilling. But I, I think Josiah and his friends get tired of me always grilling burgers. But, man, that's a bad thing to do. I love to grill. So, you know, I, I, I get some of those, uh, you know, those ready-to-eat meals like at Kroger where all you got to do basically is peel the film back and pop it in the oven and put yep. it on the, you know, I, I – I, we've been doing a lot of those, but, uh, but that's, that's about it. I'm not the best in the kitchen for sure. Yeah. I'm not the greatest cook myself. We just have like our go-to meals, um, that we make never really anything too fancy, maybe a couple can open some ground Turkey, something like that. Never too intricate. And I, and I've always been humble and admitted this actually came up on ESPN 680 this week that, um, I'm man enough to admit that my wife does the grilling in our family. She has far more patience than me. Um, I don't have the patience. So so props to her um, for being a uh, far better cook than me. 
Amen. Yeah. Props to her. She's she's battling, running around with three kids and you, and she still grills. So oh, I know. Yeah. Just yeah. imagine her like bouncing a couple babies, like grilling. I'm just like in here watching football or something. She's out there. <laughs> Dude, you better be careful. You'll be on the couch for a while. Um, I think we went over a little something like this because I do remember talking about um, your baseball career on uh, season one. But a question that I really want to start asking dads, because one thing in our society, Ryan, that I think gets like I feel like as if you're out of high school or college, you should still be able to. I don't want to use the word brag, but just like on your stuff that you do, like, just for example, let's say you play kickball. Like a lot of people play kickball or you're in a bowling league or something. I don't think it's, um, I would like to hear if you bowled a high score or maybe a video of a sweet strike, but I feel like in society, once you're, once you're a grown man, um, you know, you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff, but I know as I would, I would enjoy seeing other dads succeed. So the teeing up that question is just like, can you think of, in your life, maybe like your most proud athletic accomplishment and maybe also your biggest blunder? Oh, I, th- those are, those are two easy ones for me. I'll start with the blunder first. Uh, we were playing like one of our, our tr- conference, right? You know, it's in, I played in Indiana. So we have conferences here in Kentucky. You guys have districts. So I was playing on one of our conference rivals and uh, we were a big underdog and we were playing at their place and we had the lead late in the game. Well, a turnover uh, kid goes down and scores. So I think that put them to within one and there's like maybe three seconds left. They inbound the ball to me real quick. Cause I was a point guard and I panicked. I was right underneath their basket, which is a big no-no, I know, to start uh-huh. with. Right underneath their, their basket, three seconds left. I, I don't know why I did it. I mean, to this day, I don't know what possessed me, but I put the ball down on the ground, and it rolled out of bounds. Uh-huh. So clock stops with like two seconds, and I, I remember my dad distinctly screaming at me, what if they hit this shot? They inbounded. Some guy <laughs> threw up a Hail Mary shot and nailed it, and we got oh, beat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's still, it was, that still wait, hurts. It was, me a, it was like it. an elimination game, too. Or well, it was just a reg- it was just a regular season. Okay. Game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But an, but an important conference one. All right. What about That's- uh save yourself? What about the the uh, most accomplished? Well, I was my my dad was a high school basketball coach for for twenty years. Always coached these little schools, so there would be a lot of seasons where he'd maybe win four games or five games or something like that. You know, there are a lot of those kind of seasons. And even when I played, I think we won eight games one year, seven, and then I think nine in my three years of playing varsity. So we never even had a 500 season. But I was on the court when my dad got his 100th win, and we upset the 19th ranked team in the state. That awesome. combination that night was so special to me because I, I knew how much it meant to my dad to beat. There was like, there was Lagodi was the name of the school. We, they were ranked 19th in the state, no classes back then you know, in Indiana. We didn't have class basketball. So they were overall 19th and they came into our place and we beat him and it was his 100th win. And then he announced his retirement after the game. Wow. Uh, after the season was over. So that was, that's definitely the moment that I mentioned, and it's funny how both of them revolve around basketball, and yet I played college baseball. But we were a basketball family, man. I and I loved, loved basketball. Hey, oh, be trend carefully. Don't say you're a basketball family. Trend carefully. <laughs> Good point. Good point, um, but- man. I, I like that you mentioned one about uh, like kind of wins, losses, and more of a sentimental thing because, and I, I tell this is probably the biggest thing that I try to in part on my daughter and one of the biggest reasons we chose to send her to school where we did 
and it sounds terrible, but I mean, I was a high school kid, you know, I just didn't value winning. Like when I was looking back, you know, I wanted to, you know, I just thought that, you know, if I played well, that would kind of come together. Um, and part of it was just teams that I think that I played on growing up. I never, you know, unfortunately got to play in like a super winning culture program. But looking back, I know that um, I'd be much closer with, the, you know, the guys that I played with and have much fonder memories um, with more wins than more points scored for myself or whatever. So um, that, that's a big regret that I have looking back. Well, sports was such a big part of, of my family. I mean, we eat, live, slept basketball with my dad being the coach. So there are a lot of heartaches you have to deal with. And isn't it, isn't it crazy, though, that that's the things we remember the most, not the successes that we have mm-hmm. or the good times. It's those heartbreaking losses because I think it just builds character in you. And, I mean, I, I, like I said, we didn't win a lot of games, but, God, I can remember every loss probably better than I can every win. Yep, absolutely too. I hundred percent agree. I think that uh, it, it builds that builds the character in those losses, and then I think some people have had the opportunity to like be fortunate enough to play in the games where human nature. I think almost any game a player plays, and you're cognizant of how you know how well you're playing, if you're contributing to the team, or if you're not playing to your level. But we've all probably had the chance to play in just a handful of games where so much was on the line. That literally you didn't care. You were just, you know, all that mattered, you know, was the team getting that W. And, and I think that's the, the name of the game all the time and what coaches are always trying to bring together. Um, but those moments really are special when you come out on top because that builds like the lifelong bond and, and something I wish going back that I would have focused on more. That's for sure. Well, it, it reminds me of a story with my son, Josiah. We were in an AAU tournament in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Why do and... they got to be in the hottest places? Every AAU thing is in. Like you don't – I guess sometimes you go to Indy quite a bit, but otherwise it's like middle of nowhere, Georgia. Yeah. Like yeah. every time. But all right, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're right though. And uh, he got fouled with no time on the clock and the game scored. So he's got two free throws and I'm, 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 I'm about to throw up. I'm just like, Oh dude, just please, please just let him hit one. Well, he missed the first one. And I just, I swear, I thought I was going to throw up. Cause I just had this bad feeling, man. He was going to miss this one too, but he hit it. And I, and I was, so I tried to contain my excitement, but after the game, I said, dude, I said, what were you thinking before that second? He goes, man, I was just telling how mad you were going to be. if I missed this second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh man. I was like sweating thinking about that. I know my daughter shot some, some pressure filled ones and like, oh man, that I know that's tough, but yeah, dude, the, the yeah, new zoom gives me like a time limit and it ticks down and I'm, I've never been like a mic one in radio or anything. So it's like super stresses me out every week when I'm on like the, the four minute countdown and stuff. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. know why Zoom's Zoom stressing me out today. Um, all right, man, let's, let's knock it out via uh, the dad jokes. You so, um, I'll go first. I know I apologize. I usually tee up my guests to kind of have one ready, um, but actually I'll do two. I have a couple that I've been saving. All right. here. Okay. All right. So my first one is my new boss told me that as a security guard, it's my job to watch the office at all times. I'm on season six, but I have no idea what this has to do with security. All right. Do you watch The Office, Ryan? I don't. That's one show. Matt and Drew and Shannon love. They watch it. I've not seen it at all. It's so funny. You're either like seen them all or not seen any. Definitely with The Office. And I'm always on the other side. I don't get to watch a ton of TV. So I'm usually like, oh, I don't watch it. But I do watch The Office. It's it's really funny. So that was obviously. Now, what's that town they're in? They're in Scranton. 
Scranton, yeah, Scranton, PA. So yeah. we we just stopped there on our KSR trip this summer, and we went to that restaurant that they always take people to in the office when they have like a big dinner or something. We went to that restaurant, sat there at the bar, and they had a little gift shop with all these office knickknacks and doodads. And I like I didn't even hardly know what was going on. I had no yeah, idea. It's definitely a uh, and they're so smart too. I just made a comment the other day about a. Something somebody was like, do this all the time. I'm like, no, I'm going to be like Seinfeld. Like, you're going to want a little more, but I'm not, not going to give it to you. And um, uh-huh. so those shows are so smart just to go out on time. Even though I say that actually in the office really, really trailed off. Um, oh, man, great correlation here. Though. So I, I genuinely lost sleep on this um, real quick, and then we'll finish our dad jokes. So last night I'm laying in bed just after the football game, couldn't really sleep. Turn on Anchorman 2. I know I've seen Anchorman 2, Ryan. You've probably <laughs> seen it, too. But oh, I, yeah. I totally forgot at the end, and I had this audio pulled up, but I won't play it, where Will Ferrell gets uh, somebody throws something at him in the news fight, and the guy, like, stops it right before it hits him, and he says, what in the Dan Issel just happened? And, <laughs> dude, I, like, literally lost sleep because, I, you know, I just told my story. I was obviously so passionate about, you know, getting the opportunity to do radio with Louie and Issel, so I just could not believe that. I'm like, you can I don't know why I turned this movie on tonight. And um, I think people forget that, but man, that's really cool that he said that in Anchorman. <laughs> I'd forgotten that, but you're right. I uh-huh. remember him saying that line in there. All right, we got two minutes. My last dad joke, and then you can uh, finish this up. Let's see if I can gotcha. find it. All right, what do you call an apology that's only written in dots and dashes? A oh, remorse man. code. A remorse code. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, All right. boy. All right, save us, Ryan. You got to save us. Uh, you know, my, my kid was really big into dinosaurs. And so we had all these little dinosaur action figures, right? Until I realized, do you know why you can't hear a pterodactyl P? Why? Cause the P is silent. Yeah. I knew that P was silent. Yep. Yeah. You can, Hey, on the spot though, we, we won't fault you. So sometimes we do well, sometimes we don't. And honestly, the, the bad dad jokes we know are, are obviously the best. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. I, for I saw sure. one today too that I I just tweeted out that said this isn't a dad joke. This is just a good idea. It said that someone should name a, a beer occasionally. And then when you say you can say, Oh no, I only drink occasionally. I said that, uh, that's not a that's not a dad joke. That's a genuine good idea. I can't believe nobody uh, really good idea. started yeah. that up. But all right, Ryan, you're the man. Crushed it season two. We'll definitely uh bring you back maybe after the after the football season and catch up, but Obviously, everybody knows Ryan, Kentucky Sports Radio, so no need to do too many uh, find it here's on that. But we appreciate you, Ryan, and you're always you're a dad pod uh, VIP, that's for sure. Well, dude, I appreciate it. I expect to be invited back for season three for sure, so I enjoy it. Thanks, Drew. Sounds good, man. Hopefully we'll see you in person soon. All right, brother. All right, see you.